Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I have edited and published the Weekly Driver since 2004. And my colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and we're now in our fourth year of our podcast, the Weekly Driver Podcast. We don't often leave town. We do. Uh, we're based in Sacramento, but we've been waiting for Monterey Auto Week, like everybody else has, for what? Um, well, almost two years now, and we're here. We're we're here on Monterey Auto Week. There's plenty more left to see, but we've we've spent two days uh, talking with people, car owners, just visiting uh, the idyllic Monterey Peninsula, and um, we began our our trip on uh, Tuesday at uh, Concord on the Avenue, and its show's been around for almost 15 years now. It's it's grown quite a bit from its early years. It's a free show to the public, and you spend some time on Ocean Avenue and some of the side streets uh, every year. People bring out their dogs, the coffee shops are open, the restaurants are open, and they bring in um, just the, the widest variety of cars you could ever imagine, and, and that was the case this year. We we made our way around um, most of the day, and we've had interviews with three people um, from the Concord on the Avenue. Our first guest was uh, Donald Osborne, and I had met maybe briefly once before, but knew of Donald, and he is um, an MC at the show, and he sings the national anthem, and he has, wears a variety of other hats. He's the CEO of the <clears throat> Odd Drain uh, museum in Newport, Rhode Island, and he also uh, is an opera singer, and he also uh, is a car owner and works with clients for cars, and he spoke with us about uh, the events, uh, transition, if you will, and an adaptation to being presented again after almost two years of the coronavirus, and uh, this year, uh, the city of Carmel had to adapt a little bit to new rules, and it was the same terrific show it's always been. There were some fewer cars there this year, but we, we spoke with Donald about uh, his enthusiasm for the, for the show. He's been on the Monterey Peninsula uh, at automotive shows now for 30 years, and he spoke about some of the cars that are there, the people, how the um, city council and the Chamber of Commerce and uh, other officials in Carmel uh, came together and, and worked out a way to present the, the show that's always been. Uh, you had to show uh, proof of your vaccines when you checked in or wear a mask. And after that was done um, very um, professionally, the show just unfolded, uh, just as it always does for the last 15 years. How has the event this year changed with the adherence to COVID regulations? Let's start with that. Well, the first thing I have to say is that it really does feel like 2019. The spirit of the owners, the spirit of the people here yes. uh, at the event, everyone's so happy to be out and about and sharing. Thank you. And I think that one of the other things is the fact that uh, the protocols that have been put in place by the event yes. are absolutely wonderful and easy, and it proves how much people are willing to uh, adapt yes. and to also um, collaborate as a community to get together in the way that we want to get together. Right. Um, the, the, I wouldn't call them restrictions, the, the um, 
regulations that have been put in place, the, the entry uh, protocols, asking people if they've uh, had a uh, vaccine, a full vaccine, yes. and if they can produce proof of that, and they get a wristband, and you don't have to wear a mask. And the people who don't have that, or choose not to, they can wear a mask. And everyone is here, no one is grumbling about having what they had to do to come in. No. And I, I, I liken it to the idea that if you would go back to 2000 and describe to someone what we do every time we go to an airport to get into a commercial flight, they probably wouldn't believe you. Right, right. But today, we are in a different place. It doesn't sure. mean that it's a worse place, it's just a different place. And, you know, it's, it's a testament both to the strength of this event and to the enthusiasm for cars that people will do what they have to do to come and share an event like this with other yeah. people. Um, have you been here since the first year? I have not been here from the first year. I missed the first three. Okay. And then I have been co-emceeing here yes. for the last seven years. Yes. And uh, it is always one of my most fun events. This week is probably my busiest work week of the year. Is that right? Uh, between my, my, my responsibilities as the CEO of the Audrain in Newport, yes. Rhode Island, yes. uh, we're showing two cars at the uh, Pebble Beach Concord Elegance this yes. year. And we're also looking at mini cars at the auctions. I'm also working for some clients who are here looking at cars at the auctions. And of course, it's one of the things that we really missed this last year because it's my international business show. Right. I see friends and colleagues from all around the world that I only see once a year here. So it is both the busiest time and the most exhilarating time of, of my year, and I love it. And this is the thing that I love the most. People often ask, you know, how do you do this? You start off by singing the national anthem, you then talk for five hours and finish it with America the Beautiful, and at the end of the day, I can do it all again. Because it's just, everything here just fills me with so much energy. It's, just, it's absolutely amazing. I, dare I say you have your khaki hat on, but you have multiple hats while you're here. <laughs> how, about the, how about that? Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, just for the uh, nuts and bolts, how many cars did you allow in this year for those things we just discussed as opposed to previous years? Well, it used to be maybe 300 cars, so a little bit fewer cars this year. There are, little, there are a little bit fewer cars this year. I don't know the exact numbers. So yes. I don't want to be quoted on That's that. That's all right. But I do know that because of the situation here, the parklets that the uh, restaurants have, yes. which I think is terrific on yes. the part of the city to allow these people to continue their businesses and to serve their customers and sort of make Carmel what we want Carmel to be. Right. Um, it obviously limits the number of cars that can be displayed. But again, the organizers of the show are incredibly adaptable. And I think they've made a show that work still feels like the Concord and the Avenue that we've all come to know and love yes. and adapts itself to the city because it's very much an event of the city. Right. It's very much a part of it. It's not just cars parked, it's cars parked in Carmel by the sea. And I think it has a spirit that no other event has because of that. I know that uh, Doug and, is it Jeannie or Jeannie, Jenny? Jeannie. Jeannie. When they took several years to get the show approved back in the day, mm -hmm. um, that it took a while to convince the city that it was the right thing. And now, from the get-go, it, it has the reputation of being let's just say the best show or among the best shows because there isn't an expensive ticket. Some of that spirit or camaraderie that, camaraderie that you mentioned has always been here. All of that said, um, I'm kind of surprised that there weren't people that said, I'm not gonna show, I'm not gonna, maybe some anti-vaxxers, none of that. There's been none of that. There, there is, again, I, I have to say that 
in the car events that I've attended, um, I was recently, two months ago, I was in Italy for the Millimilia oh, Historic Race. I was at Goodwood in England for the, uh, the, the Festival of Speed yes. last month. And those were the first events that I had attended that were sort of mass events after the Amelia Island Concours in June. Yes. And it's very interesting because people are very aware that it's a different time. Yes. Um, they're very considerate. People will ask if you want to shake hands or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, people will, will volunteer their vaccine status. And uh, I think that people feel comfortable. If you want to wear a mask, you're perfectly comfortable. Nobody is doing any mask shaming. Right. And, right. and they're also not sort of um, saying, you know, why are we doing this? What do we have to do? Uh, and obviously, people are in crowds. Right. And so, but I think being outside also makes a big difference. People feel more comfortable. And if you feel that you're standing by too many people, you simply walk three feet away right. and, and you're good. Sure. So I think that, that it's something that I don't really feel a sense of tension uh, here. That's what I was um, looking for. I, 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 I certainly, I felt a bit of that in the UK because for me, it was a crowd of 75,000 people and I'd not been in a crowd of people like that for a long time. And so that just took some getting used to for me. Right. Um, in Italy, it was slightly different because the country had just opened up, everyone was wearing a mask, and I spent most of the time in the car. So there wasn't that kind of interaction. So I think this is a very good indicator of what we might see for the rest of the week at the other events. Okay. Um, and um, one of the things that's quite interesting is that obviously there are fewer European visitors here yes. than there have been in past years. And uh, you know, I certainly feel that, and, most personally because I've got a lot of European friends that normally come and I see and they're yes. not here. Um, but I think that certainly uh, the people who are here are completely immersed in the event and they're not thinking of anything else. This is much of your life. This is that cars were very important to you. Can you come to the Concours on the Avenue and still say, oh, I've never, oh my gosh, do you still get wowed by a car? <laughs> I do. People have asked me uh, over and over, um, 2019 was my 30th Monterey Car Week. And so people often ask me, why do I come every year? And I say, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, because it is my international trade show. I have to be here. It's my yes. business. Yes. The second is that every year at events like this and other events on the peninsula, I see a car and I, I spent a lot of time with some of the greatest cars on the planet. Right but every year I see a car which I've either never seen before in my life or I've only seen as a picture in a magazine and yes. I feel like an eight-year-old boy again because it just, it just renews my enthusiasm. Yeah. And for me, it's really important because if I, could ever, if I ever get to the point where I get jaded about cars, that's the day I don't want to live anymore because there's always something new to explore. And, and this show... Did you see show, one this year? Did you see one specific? I did indeed. A fiber fab. Go ahead, tell me a little bit. FiberFab is a um, fiberglass kit car that was marketed by a company in Santa Clarita, California yes. in the late mid to late 1960s. Yes. And they're beautiful designs that took inspiration from a lot of other great designs of Lamborghini Miura and yes. some other cars. And they sold a lot of these kits for about $800 and no one ever finished one. No. And they were designed <laughs> to be put uh, on the basis of an Austin Healey or an MGB, whatever yes. you chose. And I saw that there was one in the entry list. I thought, hmm, that should be interesting or awful. But I know that Doug and Jeannie don't take awful cars. I said, it's going to be interesting. Sure. I was standing on the stage. I saw it drive in this morning. I thought, wow. I had to go find that car. And I found it, chatted with the owner. It was absolutely amazing. It's just one of those moments. I've never seen a finished fiber fab to that level. To 
It's absolutely amazing. Great. So again, yep, that was the uh, the 2021 Concord in the Avenue surprise. Surprise. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great place to finish. Thank you very much. We also interviewed two our, two car owners, both husband and wife, both people who live on the Monterey Peninsula. And the first couple we interviewed was uh, a couple. We, we came in down Ocean Avenue. Uh, Bruce Aldrich, my co-host and friend, came down in off of. Uh, Ocean Avenue, and we saw this 20-foot 1960 Buick uh, 225 Electra, and the owners of the vehicle are Kit and Rick Frank, and uh, Rick's brother owned the vehicle, and um, Rick's brother has passed away, and and um, Kit and Rick now have the car, and what a wonderful, it had this beautiful, shiny black exterior uh, and it's been restored a little bit with um, disc brakes and LED headlights and seat belts of all things, of course. And we talked to them uh, at length about their uh, fondness for the car, what it's meant to their family uh, through the years, what it means to them now uh, as the new owners of the vehicle. And it was their first time at, um, at the Concours on the Avenue. Well, it, it's a beautiful Buick. It's a 1960 Electra 225 convertible. Mm -hmm. It's been in my husband's family since 1962. His brother bought it mm -hmm. then, and uh, Rick uh, obtained it last year after David's death. Mm -hmm. And uh, David, the brother, had made it beautiful mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the paint and new top and new, you know, chrome. But it wasn't that drivable. I see. So in this past year, my husband has put a disc brake conversion mm -hmm. on it, mm -hmm. added LED lights so that we can actually be seen at mm -hmm. night when we're mm -hmm. driving around. Nice idea. Yeah. I asked him for the seat belts, so he put in the seat belts reluctantly, but only mm -hmm. in the front seat. Mm -hmm. um, the engine is original. It's a 401 engine. The mm -hmm. numbers all match. Great. 325 horsepower, and it has 445 foot-pounds of torque. So. When we're going down the road, it's a smooth ride. We were talking earlier about, you had some really clever lines about it's a great car as long as you're driving forward. And oh, yes. <laughs> so some of that stuff that's um, like that. Um, sure. It's, uh, what, how does it drive? It drives very well when you're going straight. Straight, okay. You know, you float down the road, you've got a lot of power. but. You know, it's such a huge car mm -hmm. that when we go around the curves, mm -hmm. we definitely have to slow down. It's not that maneuverable, but we just kind of float around mm -hmm. and then we go out straight again. And it's just so much fun, particularly when the top is down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys drive here? We did. From where? Pacific Grove, not by Oh, not by uh, PG. <laughs> well, yeah, every, that's over yeah. as uh, May Mayberry on the Monterey Peninsula, it as is, I always call it. It is. And, and we love Car Week. We've been coming for years mm -hmm. to the Concours on the Avenue. Mm -hmm. This is the first year that we've been able to participate yes. with uh, my brother-in-law's car. So Did, we're really excited to be um, here. Just as a little side uh, addendum to this, when did you find out that the COVID situation was going to change a little bit? And, and what did you make of all that? And was it easy to adapt for you guys to come in okay? Did you have to change your plans at all? No, the Carmel Foundation went way beyond yes. you know what they needed to do. They worked very carefully with the Carmel Council. Yes city council to you know make sure that everyone was safe yes we have fewer cars here i understand this mm -hmm. year um just so that there is plenty of space to park them and have people be able to walk around mm -hmm. but it was you know it was really a chore it took a long time for the carmel foundation yes to work out the details with the city council mm -hmm. for and i think 
around the entire peninsula, actually, yes. to make sure that this event could be held and bring all these people from all around the world to our beautiful town. Great. We're, we, this is an audio uh, podcast, but we're looking at this and visually. This, yes. Does this qualify as jet black? Is there a certain tone of black that you might be aware oh, of? Oh, my goodness. It just shines so it wonderfully. It does shine, and I wish I knew that answer, the yeah. actual answer for the paint. I don't mm -hmm. know, but it was done by a gentleman, uh, the paint by a man named Tony down in Southern California. He does mm -hmm. a lot of restorations mm -hmm. for Pebble Beach cars. Yes. And our, my brother-in-law used to live down in the in the Southern California yes. area. So mm -hmm. we got him connected to Tony Castel Castelloni, something like that. Okay. Castelloni. And uh, Tony did the paint. And it, it does shine. I, I tell my girlfriends I could put my makeup on looking <laughs> at <laughs> the shine. Can Tony yeah. can paint. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yep, um, absolutely. If you don't, if you mind, it's okay. If you don't mind, are, what, what do you, you and your husband do? Are you retired or you own a business here in the we, peninsula? We are retired uh -huh. now. Great. Yes, we've been here for almost 40 years. You retired at 40. Good for you. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I like your style. That's great. Okay, I don't you. know where I got that from, but it, I got a point. Okay. <laughs> and how often do you drive it? Is it a daily driver? It's not a daily driver, uh -huh. particularly right now as we were getting prepared to be um, a part of yes. this. Concours. Yes. And we're also going to be involved with the Pacific Grove Rally on Friday. Oh, you are? Okay, great. Yes, we try to support all of these different great. groups yeah. here locally. Mm -hmm. And uh, But in terms of driving it, uh, we will be driving it more mm -hmm. um, after the event. We do belong to the Buick Club of America, and there's a group out of San Jose that we mm -hmm. try to meet up with. Um, and... We, yes, we will definitely go out for drives. The trick is, of course, finding a parking place because it's so huge. Right, right, right. Yeah. You need three, yeah. So when we have uh, you know, shows like this to go to, they always have a place for us to park, so it's not a problem. Gotcha. <laughs> Later in the day, keep in mind that you know, you're looking at all these cars and the time just goes by and you're having a great time talking with people. As I mentioned, the coffee shops are open, people are walking their dogs, the restaurants are there. And um, at the end of the day, a little bit later in the day, toward the end of the avenue, kind of sitting by itself, was another uh, wonderful car that was Regency Red, and it's a 1974 uh, Type E 4.2 liter Jaguar XKE. What a wonderful car that was. And we sat for a while and talked with David and Pam Hibbert and their uh, long ownership of the car and what it means, means to them. So we had those three interviews uh, at Concord on the Avenue. The next day, equally wonderful show uh, with just as many wonderful cars. And I would say these cars are more maybe more attainable than some of the cars on the Concord on the Avenue. That's the little car show. And it's been around for a number of years in Pacific Grove. Bruce and I went over there. We got there early. We thought maybe the show we thought maybe in some strange circumstance the show had been postponed or canceled but we had just gotten there early and by noontime a lot of cars were there the same wonderful low-key atmosphere uh, talking to car owners uh, about the legacy of their cars and it was just equally uh, delightful we did an interview with jessica denacor uh, also lives in uh, on the monterey peninsula in pacific grove and she uh, for her uh, gift to herself upon her retirement from her career, she bought a 1947 Crosley. Crosley, excuse me. And what a car that is. Two-door, uh, convertible top, uh, simple little car made originally by two brothers in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
although they made many of them back in the day, you don't see too many of them now. And uh, we talked to her about um, how she drives the car. She has grandchildren, what the, grand, the grandchildren think about driving in this little uh, putt-putt of a car, if you will. Turns out she has the original owner's manual, the repair manual, and in the owner's manual was a reference to the car being a sport utility vehicle. So there you have it, 1947 Crosley, the first sport utility vehicle. A little bit about the car, it was, if you've heard the Crosley name, they were two brothers that had really started with a business of refrigerators, appliances, and then they started building compact cars. Um, and they have a whole line of them. They didn't build for a long, long time, um, but it was out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, it was a lot of fun. And I just saw the car, and I loved the color, and I loved the convertible piece, and uh, that's what drew me to it. But yeah, and it's been fun because like the engine is actually a boat engine that Crosley made. So yes. it's running on that, and uh, it's just, um, like I said, a, a lot of fun. And a lot of people aren't aware of the company. You know, they look at it and they think it's from overseas or England or something, um, but it's a U.S. made um, in the Midwest, and uh, that's kind of also drew me to it. Sure. Jessica, on the passenger side of the car, you have a uh, nice poster that shows the different cars. Are these different models? I know no, we're audio, they're all the same. They're all the same models. So this is the picture of when it, the brochure yes. of when they were selling the car. Yes. This is when it needed to be restored, yeah. and that's restored and gotcha. here in Pacific Grove. But they had various models, a pickup, yes. a convertible sedan, a utility vehicle, a panel truck for utility reasons, um, and then a normal sedan too, and a roadster. Okay. Um, and people have vintage cars like this, whether it's a very expensive vintage car or an attainable car. It's an attainable. An attainable car. What kind of comments have you gotten through the years? I mean, you live in Paradise, you live in Pacific Grove, and it has its own wonderful appeal. But have people offered to buy it? Did they say, where did you get that piece of garbage? Or I love that car. I, whatever it takes, I want to buy it. And all that most stuff. People most people they smile. They look Thank at this, this car and smile. Yes. And it's easy to get into these anywhere yes. from 5000 to maybe 14 but 1000 So it's a cheap one to get into. Yes. Um, they're a lot of fun. There's a lot of clubs, actually. They have oh. clubs across the U.S. in each of the regions. And I they see. do meets. A big have one you in attended those? Um, yes, the oh. ones in Pacific Grove I have. Oh, gotcha. Uh -huh. So the West Coast ones I have. We wanted last year to attend the Cincinnati one, but due to COVID, it was not gotcha. done. And everybody brings their cars and has a party and um, see what they've done to the cars. So it's a good group of people. You know, they're people that just love the car. I think Cincinnati, you have to go to the mothership at some point where the whole thing I, We're going. Yeah, we're going. We're going. Okay. Every July they have it. Gotcha. Now, would a car like this be trailered to Cincinnati or would yes, you drive it? I would tra trailer it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive this um, probably anywhere outside of Pacific Grove in Monterey. Just the, it, have you been on the freeway with no, it? No, I would not be on the freeway with it. It doesn't have all the safety features. I mean, at least we have new brakes on it and yes. seatbelts, so that's good, but I would not, you know, feel safe driving it on the freeway. Do you know some of the, I would say, the nuts and bolts, like Crosley, Crosley built cars from this year to this year, and how many they built? Do you know anything about um, I do know, but I'd have to look it up. That's I, all right. I was so busy this week, it was like, I was going to go look all that data up that's, again. That's all right. But um, they have good data on it in terms of what was built and what number you have and all of that. Yes. 
Um, there's not a ton of them out there, so that's why people, when when I pull up, they want to look at it and ask about it and talk about it. And you get a lot of old folks that have this as their first car. Because really? it was cheap back then. Oh my. And so it's really fun when you run into those people. Now it does have, since we're audio and not visual, the top is down now and you have this wonderful wood. And what does the top look like? Is it a rag it's, top or a hard top? Or it's a canvas. Canvas top. Canvas top. Okay. And that's, it all works. I just haven't, it's really sure. easy actually to put on. So it's fast. It's not automatic, of course, but sure. it's fast to, to put the top top on. And you have some unusual wheels uh, on this. What, what are the... Uh, what are the what I can't it? remember. My husband would know that. Okay. But they I, they got it off a different car. Gotcha. The, the hubs specialized. So You, you also man, uh, mentioned earlier that it's difficult to find a mechanic. Yes. And have you found a mechanic? I have not found a mechanic. <laughs> okay. And I've had it for three years, uh -huh. driven it for three years. It's been fine, but I, I really do want it checked out. Mm -hmm. And it is really hard to find a mechanic that is willing just to do, and it's basic, you know, oil, you know, the just the basic clean out of it. We've, we've met the couple who own Monterey Vintage Car. Mon, it's a great, uh, their acronym is MTV, Monterey Touring oh, Vehicles. Okay. And it's just a thought because they have a variety of vehicles in their shop. Maybe Ask them. Monterey they would, they would MTV, know, like the yeah. old MTV, Monterey yeah. Touring Vehicles, they might perhaps know of somebody who could help on that. So it's a two-door car. Um, mm -hmm. Fits four. Yes. Lots of grandkids can fit in it. Yes. What do, they, what do the grandkids think of it? Oh, they love it. They love we it. have them in their car seats in it. And they just love to ride around town. And you have seat belts in the front seats. And back. And back seats. Okay. And the surfboard, uh, the wakeboard, whatever that is, is that just for... Just for fun. Just for funsies. And because of matches and everything. Yeah. Uh, how is the car to drive? Does it does it test your? It tests your strength. Yes. In terms of turning as well as stopping. So yes. we always do <laughs> a stop test, you know. Yes. And we drove it around before we brought it here because I just want to make sure it kind of runs smoothly. Um, but it is uh, definitely it's got to warm up. It's got a choke on it, and um, it definitely needs to warm up. If and be careful. You guys live it. in PG. I'm just setting up a scene here. If you go to, let's say, to go, you go to, if you go to Fandango, or you yeah. go out for a night on the town, and maybe you dress up a little bit, do you take this oh, and absolutely. you show up, and people say, "Oh, this is fantastic." Oh, we, we get, we get a ton of people stop us, want to see it, sit in it, and we don't care. I mean, our grandkids play in it. Sure. It's really meant to be fun. You know, it's it's not about, and we enjoy something like this where you just get to talk to people who love old cars. Going back to, you bought this car for, as a gift to yourself for your retirement. As you were growing up, you sometimes you hear stories about, oh, I, I wish I would have had my grandfather's car, my father, my older brother's car, and they had a Ford Falcon station wagon, or they yeah. had a Crosley. Was that part of your family, that your mother, your mother or your father or your brothers had vintage cars? No, they never, well, actually, my sister has um, Jaguars, so oh, vintage okay. Jaguars, uh -huh. and also a Model T, I think. Wow. So my sister has that. My dad always wanted one, and he never got one. I mean, he drove them back yes. when he was in the, you know, 30s. Yes. And drove cars like this, but um, he didn't have any, but he always wanted it. So I always said, you know, this is going to be my gift to myself when I... And, and I have one son who wants it afterwards. He drives right. it all the time when he comes. 28-year-old, loves it. He's setting up mom for oh, yeah. 50 it's gonna years be his. from now. It's going to be his. <laughs> it's going to be his, so... Jessica, thank you so much. It's it's a treat to see a, I've, I've heard of them, but I've never, and maybe I've seen one, but it's, it's just fantastic. 
All right. It's well, 75 years it. old. Very good. It'll yeah. be 75. And right? it's running. And it's running. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So well, there's much. plenty left in the Great. show. Uh, if you're local, uh, I encourage you to go down to the Monterey Auto Week. There, uh, it continues through Sunday. The tickets for uh, Concours uh, de Elegance, the finale to the event every year, those are sold out. But there, the Mecham auction is there for three for three days, uh, beginning tomorrow on Thursday, uh, throughout the weekend. Wonderful event, uh, minimal charge to get in, and you see all these cars being auctioned. And of course, there are several other auctions um, throughout um, this Sunday. Uh, a little bit more crowded to get on the Monterey Peninsula. Uh, accommodations were a little bit difficult, but if you're local, head on over and take in a show. If you're not local, um, you can still take in a show if you choose to, but we encourage you to go next year and get a hotel reservation early and uh, take in Monterey Auto Week, which is now almost two weeks in length. want to encourage everybody to visit uh, my website, theweeklydriver.com, checking out all kinds of car reviews uh, and automotive news, our podcast, a free newsletter. Uh, the, again, the site's been around since 2004, and uh, it's got a lot to offer in terms of an independent auto review that I've written uh, almost 700, 800 reviews now uh, on automobiles dating to 2004. Uh, Bruce Aldrich, again, is my co-host, and uh, we've been having a great time on Monterey Auto Week. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon. We have a whole variety of guests lined up for future podcasts, including the director of the new James Bond movie. He'll be on in a few weeks. We have other uh, authors booked uh, on shows in the next few weeks. We have collectors, uh, analysts from the automotive industry, and then on the horizon in November, we'll be doing the live broadcast again for several days from the LA Auto Show. So thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week.